You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, pleasant purveyors of podcast puzzling, pondering about playhouses. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 186, and I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your, this is a good one, footy, that's footy, okay. footy playing goody goody foodies who are not snooty, moody, or have cooties. Also, we talk about duty. I, I do, I no longer yeah. have cooties, it's true. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Yay, Dana's back. Yes. Oh, hi. I'm so happy to be back. Oh, nice to see you. Yeah. All healthy and uh, yeah. well-rested. That's right. And this episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's.com, purveyor of awesome shaving goods. And guys, it's time for uh, another Karen's Marathon, this time in Montana. Oh. So time to... Make myself aerodynamic. Time to shave gotcha. up. Time to shave up. Yeah. <laughs> and I got my, I got my Good Job Brain Orange Harry's uh, razor kit. I love it that it comes in Good Job Brain Orange. Oh right. And uh, make sure I shave my legs. Don't want that drag. Cut down on yeah. the wind yeah. resistance. <laughs> yeah. Going ten minutes, like ten minutes per mile. I'll believe you're serious when you shave your eyebrows. Ooh. Oh. Is that a dare? Don't do that. No, Don't no, I'm not Don't daring you. But you can, I, I, can, I could not bear being responsible for you're that. You're like, what you, you can shave, what, and I can draw it back. You can what? I can you draw it. Your you eyebrows, are a because when you start artist. sweating from your oh, forehead, it's all going to go in your eyeballs. It's going to oh, be the worst. It's a well, functional headband. Yeah. Headband. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, oh, probably less aerodynamic than just keeping the eyebrows. Headband with eyebrows printed on them. Right. Well, that's why they wore all the sweatbands in the 80s, because we hadn't evolved eyebrows yet. Yes, it's true. I got most of my stuff packed and going to Missoula, Montana. Montana for nice. the Missoula Marathon. Actually, I'm going there for a couple races. There's the 5K and also there's a beer run. So along with all the stuff I packed, in case if you're wondering, some of our, our runners uh, in, our, in our packing list include our clothes, but we also use something called Body Glide, which is a lubrication that for you have what? to put it like between your legs or oh. your armpits. Oh, chafing. Right. Anti-chafing. Mm. And of course, before I do that, I usually also have to shave to make sure everything is smooth. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not okay. really shaving because, I mean, sure, I'll feel aerodynamic, yeah. but a lot of it is chafe. Is chafe. Mm. Um, a lot of it is you're out there for five hours sweating, and, you know, it just gets really yeah. uncomfortable. So this is why I bring my Harry's razor kit with me. And don't worry, girls can use it too, not just guys. Harry's razors are German-engineered five-blade cartridges. They're up to five now, so you get a close shave. No cuts, no burns. Quality guaranteed and full refund if you're not happy. And I want to um, do a call-out. You can buy a different the razor, and you can buy the handle, and you can buy things separately, but I really like the kit that they have. Yeah. Um, I use the Truman kit because it comes in like nice packaging. Yeah. The, yes, I like oh, the yeah. little the little protective cap that comes on the razor is new. I remember their earlier kits didn't have that. I like that. So for just $15, you can get the razor, the moisturizing shaving cream, and you get three razor blades. And of course, we have a special offer for you because Harry will give you $5 off your first order with a promo code BRAIN. That's so, a really good deal. So go on over to Harry's. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S. It's other- a beer run. Is you, you, you go to the store? Afterwards. Oh, okay. Oh. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not during. No. Yeah, cons- oh, yeah. oh. That's oh. the beer mile. Consecutively. The beer oh. mile is you drink <laughs> Simultaneously. Oh, okay. okay. And then the beer run is you run, and then at the end you celebrate with a beer. So, oh, okay. So okay. usually for these what, like, How is that different than normal normal running? It conveys that there's guaranteed beer oh, <laughs> at the end. Not just optional beer. Yeah. Are you going to have yeah. pizza at the end? Yeah. For your pizza race. That's called pizza run. They, they yeah. have those two where you eat during. Pizza oh, really? What? Yeah. Really? It's Wait, disgusting. have you done that before? Where's, that's gross. That's, where is it? Tough. And why haven't know, you done it? It's in New York. It's I know the, New York. the Cramps <laughs> International. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good series of racing. A couple episodes ago, we talked about the triple crown of thoroughbred horse racing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what the triple crown of hiking is oh. no there is such a thing okay all is right it like i i could i i mean everest I'm, k2 and in Everett the u.s in america oh, i'm gonna guess america? it's like appalachian trail oh, pacific okay. crest trail oh man what's the i don't know there must be a third one that Las i'm just Vegas strip <laughs> <laughs> i'm guessing it's like the the, the major transcontinental trails Continental Divide. Oh, yes. okay, okay. Oh, 
Okay. Oh, Colin okay. being our, our camper and hiker mm-hmm. of yeah. the group. Good job. Triple Crown of Hiking is the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide yeah. Trail. Wow. I've yeah. done I've done uh, a good portion of the Continental Divide uh, through Colorado. That was one of my favorite hiking trips ever. That was great. Carrying bags of poop. <laughs> the total length of these three trails is about... 7,900 miles. That's 12,700 12, kilometers. It's like, I don't know if you guys read, um, what is the, the, the novel Wild? Yeah, yeah. Cheryl Strayed. It's not like, oh, fun hike. It's like you're, you have a compass, you're going through snow, you're going through de- like really mm. extreme conditions. Um, and it's very, very cool. And what's even cooler is I'm sharing this because one of our, uh, super fans, good job, bring super fans, is on his way to complete oh, all three whoa. at the age of eight. What? what? <laughs> yes. Wow. Get out of town. Let me read uh, this 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 letter uh, from from a family of listeners from Dion. Hello, team. I am a long distance hiker and father of Buddy Backpacker. <laughs> The youngest person to hike the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, and Colorado Trail. We're also a thousand miles in on the Continental Divide Trail this year. My kid now is eight, and you are his world. (laughs) I'm getting verklempt. We often remember the greatest parts of the trail with what episode of Good Job Brain we were listening to when we were there. Uh, you've educated us during some of the hottest days and then kept us laughing during some of the coldest. Thank you for being such a huge part of our lives and helping him break a new world record every year. Wow. So Buddy Backpacker, whose real name is Christian, um, he has, <laughs> oh. he is, Broken a couple of records. That's uh, that's wow. that's humbling for many reasons. I know, yeah. not least of which I don't remember episodes of Good Job Brain at all. <laughs> you don't. No, I you really, really don't. don't. <laughs> I can all tell you this is true. Dion and Andrea are are uh, his parents, Buddy Backpacker's parents. Their whole mm-hmm. family goes with him, and they have their little travelogue and that's progress. Really cool. um, you can check it out at buddybackpacker.com. <laughs> There's a little GPS thing, so you can what? kind of follow them. That's awesome. Um, yeah, really, really inspiring. So if you're listening right now to us, buddy, uh, we wish you the best of luck. And we're we're always going to be here uh, right. entertaining you on your journey. Uh, so Dion, Christian's dad, gave us some cool facts. All right. Uh, some questions, too. Some trivia oh. questions. So what is the highest mountain in the lower 48 states? I know. What <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you guys a... No, you can shine. Uh, I believe it's Mount Whitney. Correct! Uh, buddy climbed that at six years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Go, buddy. What is the first United States National Park? Is, <laughs> Colin is it the, well, Colin's like, you guys know. It's a is big it, one. It's a big it, one. Is it Jellystone? <laughs> it is Yellowstone. Yes. 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 Also except Jellystone. On the Continental Divide Trail... Dana and Chris, sure. What is the <laughs> deepest lake in the United States? It's on is the it West Coast, Salt Lake City, or the the, the salt, the Great, the great salt, salt, lake. salt Lake. Incorrect. No. <gasps> Colin, take a shot. I know you know. Uh, yeah, man, You've it's been there. Yeah, I have been there. It's oh, really? uh, I, it's either Crater Lake or Tahoe. It's Crater uh, Lake. Yeah, okay, oh. deepest lake and seventh deepest in the world. Yeah, wow. which makes me okay. think, what is deepest in the world? Mm. I don't know off the top of my head. We can look it up later. Crater Lake is really cool. Yeah, because it's like a perfect circle. Where is it's it? in it's inside a, an old volcano. Yeah, so ah. it's it's like a perfect circle. There's no like inbound flow. The water's super clear, really cold. It's beautiful. It's Wait. in Oregon, right? That's right. It's in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's a bonus butt themed question. <laughs> good, Great. good. What animal gives its name to a place to poop while hiking? Oh, oh. I, okay. The honey badger. <laughs> if it's what I'm thinking of, what, what what animal do we allow to poop inside our houses? Cat. Cat. It's a cat hole. So oh. when so you know, Colin used to talk about you take it with you or you poop and you gotta pick up your poop. You poop in what you call a cat hole. Yeah. Because mm. you like 
kind of dig out something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You dig it out. Dig it out nice and deep if you're going to do that in the woods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't just do it like one inch below the surface. (laughs) Yep. Wow. That is... Isn't that cool? That is really cool. Yeah. I'm going to be going camping actually in just a few weeks and we'll be doing a very short quarter of a mile section of the Pacific Crest Trail. Just a fraction of what Buddy Backpacker is doing. So I will think of you guys when I'm out there. So keep on trucking, buddy, and have fun (laughs) finishing your Continental Divide Trail. Wow. And without further ado, let's jump into our first trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. Do you guys have all your answer buzzers? Yes. Yes. And I have here, I'm going to select a random Trivial Pursuit card, and these are all official Trivia Trivial Pursuit. Good. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of a snob when it comes to these cards. Oh, Trivial Pursuit 90s. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. Blue Wedge, what city did Dr. Quinn bid adieu to when she headed west to become a medicine woman? Wow. Wow, that's deep. Boston. Correct. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Where did she go? Somebody's watched the first five minutes of Dr. Quinn (laughs) Medicine Woman. (laughs) I remember her first name was Michaela. Ooh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. because people thought it was a a spelling error, like Michael A. Quinn. And they're like, whoa, whoa, a lady doctor. That's right. Uh, That is, yes. Because it was like the pioneer. Was it it Old West or Pioneer or what was it? Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Good job, Chris. All right. Pink Wedge. Whose hair clippings? There's a typo on this card. <gasps> There's no I. Oh. So it's clippings. Okay. Clippings. Yeah. Uh, whose hair clippings did a Montana jail barber say she'd use to tie fishing lures called bombers? What? Oh. Um, okay, a Montana jail, jail barber. Oh, uh, Colin. Uh, the Unabomber? Yes! Uh, Ted, Kaczynski. Ted, Kaczynski. Ted, Ted Kaczynski. Yes, yeah. correct. Huh. That seems in pretty poor taste. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. maybe a little unethical. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yellow Wedge, who turned over the reins of power to his handpicked successor, Thabo Mbeki? Oh, Thabo Mbeki. Uh, who turned over the... Okay. Uh, Chris. Idi Amin. That would... That was my guess, but incorrect. Wrong <laughs> country. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's South Africa, I believe, oh. but, oh. uh, who was immediately preceding him. Right. Um, no. yeah. Nelson Mandela? Yeah. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was uh, directly from him. <laughs> uh, Purple Wedge, what 61-year-old, quote, edible memento from the Duke and Duchess of Windsor Uh-oh. fetched 29 and $900 at auction? Everybody! No. It was a slice of wedding cake, oh, right? was it? What you? What was? I don't your know. Guess? I don't know oh. anything. A piece Chris, of Chris just buzzes oh, okay. in and then thinks of an I answer later. Yeah. yeah, she said everybody. Oh, like everybody. Oh. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know. What a half-eaten Twinkie. Wedding cake. Or, yeah, I think oh, okay. Dana. Yeah, I think right. wedding cake. Wedding cake. Sixty-one-year-old wedding cake. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're supposed to put it in the freezer, right? I yeah. We didn't do that. Yeah, I don't know. Do you still have it? It's, oh, no. It's in the freezer. It goes yeah, in the, fr- in the yeah. freezer. No, we didn't do that when we got And you're married. supposed to eat yeah. it every year. We That we, seems weird. No, not every year. On special. On the, no, first mm-hmm. anniversary or whatever. Something like that. There's a, and then there's an old one, too. You keep oh, it yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Green Wedge, what hip hoopster? Not hip hop. <laughs> wow. Hip hipster. Hip hoopster spoke pseudo-French trash talk he called inspirado. Wow. Hip Hoopster. Hoopster. All right, 90s. Mine is so quiet. Dennis Rodman. Correct. That's that a good guess. Yeah, that's a great guess. Yep. This is getting <gasps> quieter. Okay. Oh, yeah. Batteries dying. are dying for that one, too. Last question, Orange Wedge. What was the first Windows edition named for a year instead of a version? We've had this so so many times. Windows 95. We had this on the 95 card. Yeah. General 95. They're recycling. What is this? Spelling mistakes. Yeah. Recycled questions. I guess they don't think you're going to play every single card. (laughs) Every single card. Get out of here, card. They put that card toward the back of the tray. They're like, they're never going to get to this card. It's fine. Good job, brains. Okay, today's episode. Um, since we started recording Good Job Brain, we, we get a lot of, of topic suggestions uh, from fans on Twitter, on Facebook, in email, uh, in person sometimes. And this one is a pretty popular one. Uh-huh. Um, oh, everybody wants this episode? Yeah. Huh. Huh. And okay. it, is, it is on the huh. subject 
of eggs. Okay. okay. A, lot of, a lot of egg-loving people out there. Now, you said it was a requested topic, but I don't think I realized it was so popularly requested. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it is, I guess it is a really interesting concept or thing to talk about. So this week, we're talking about eggs. When I'm hungry, you know I'm on a Jones for eggs. Chris, you can go first. Let's crack this open. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a uh, I have a voice recording uh, that I want to play for you guys. Uh, that is uh, me uh, having a conversation with somebody recently, a couple of weeks ago. That is uh, highly relevant to this podcast, and I did not know it would be so re- relevant when we had this conversation. But uh, but here it is. So I have to say before we start, please. Well, we have I did start. Your scrambled egg YouTube video changed my life. I'm so pleased. Are you the beneficiary of that? Sometimes. 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 Everybody is the beneficiary. Yeah, everyone has benefited from this. I'm amazed how big that's gone. I think it's like 15 million, just as said. It's something that we cook so often. So we're gonna do it, do it, do it right. Yeah. Do it absolutely beautiful. Well, I just, I just never learned how to do that. I mean, you just grow up learning, like, well, you know, you take a frying pan, you put the yeah. eggs in, you burn them, and then yeah. you kind of chop it up, and yeah, Damn. yeah, yep, yep, yep. And also, I think for me, it's one of the sexiest ways of having breakfast with your partner because mm-hmm. when they're done, fluffy, light, delicious, <laughs> finished with smoked salmon, they're mind blowing. So I love it. Uh, yes. Oh, so, who was that mystery guest? Yeah. <laughs> In case Sounds you familiar. Tell, well, that was Chef Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Oh. Couldn't um, tell without the f bombs. <laughs> he didn't call you a donkey. Yet. I was gonna ask him to, but it just okay. felt a little weird. He's like, oh, that's, that's oh, for a small fee. I'll call you a yes. donkey. Chef Gordon Ramsay. Chef Gordon Ramsay. It was at a, he's releasing a video game, Gordon Ramsay Dash, which is actually out right now on your on your cell phone. But I really wanted to talk to him about a scrambled egg recipe because he's got this video, a YouTube video that, as he said, I has 15 million views about, and he tells you how to make scrambled eggs, and it for me was like life-changing because I eat scrambled eggs all the time and I did not realize like the techniques that you could use to not totally ruin scrambled eggs. Like I never realized how good scrambled eggs could be Uh. if you just simply changed a couple of things about the method by which you created them. So I want to nerd out about cooking for a little bit and I want to, this is really, this is one of those good job brain, this is going to change your life moments. I just want to talk to you about (laughs) scrambled eggs and how to make amazing scrambled eggs. So this is how you can really ruin scrambled eggs immediately, is if you um, take a pan and put it on the stove and turn the heat on and then put butter into it and wait for the butter to melt, right? You know, this is a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And then you take the eggs in a bowl and you, you whisk them all together, and then you pour the eggs into the hot pan. At that point, you've you've already started burning the Whoa. eggs. Eggs are so sensitive to heat that if you mm-hmm. take them and just pour them into a hot pan that you've just melted butter in, you are gonna you you might start burning them immediately or browning. I mean, you you don't want to brown them. Pour it into the pan. They all brown on the underside, and you chop it all up, and it's like <laughs> I mean, it's scrambled eggs. It's like no, you ruined an omelet. Is what yeah. you did. <laughs> um, so what Gordon Ramsay suggests is this. You take a, like a saucepan. So you don't start out with a frying pan. You can do a frying pan, but really just take a saucepan. Put it cold on the stove. Just Whoa. put it on the stove. Don't turn the heat on yet. Crack all the eggs into it. You can whisk them in a bowl if you want, but you, you're going to be constantly stirring anyway. So you can just put the eggs right in the pan. No oil? No oil. Nothing will stick. You take butter... Like a tablespoon of butter for three eggs-ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just put it right in with the eggs. Uh-huh. And as you're cooking the eggs, the butter is going to melt and it's mm. going to go all throughout everything. It's all going to become one organism. <laughs> so what delicious way to Yes. <laughs> so then chicken. what you do is this. The really important part is managing the heat. Uh. You don't want to have too much direct heat on the pan because that is how you'll burn the eggs. You certainly don't want to walk away. So, I mean, what you're doing is you're just constantly stirring, stirring, stirring the eggs. And they're going to come. They're going to start to set up. And at the, at the point where they kind of start to, to form and come together, 
you take the pan off the heat and keep stirring them until they're kind of like, they'll cook a little bit more. And then when they kind of stop setting up, then you put it back on the heat. And it's like, you put it back on the heat, heat the pan up a little bit more, and then take it, it off. off. Ah. And just let the residual heat that's in the metal pan. So you're just doing it gradually, bit that. by bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can also, some people will cook eggs really, really slowly over really, really low heat. Mm-hmm. And like 30 minutes later, they'll have really good scrambled eggs. That's always been my technique. You, yeah. you don't have to do that. Ah. To keep, well, all you're doing with the slow technique is, no, no, no magic is happening. You're just not burning the eggs. You can turn the heat all the way up to high. Just as long as you're managing it and making sure that you only get the pan slightly hot, then pull it off. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. It's just about not letting the temperature of the eggs get too high. When they're, they'll still look a little bit, if they still look a little bit wet, they're done. Like, not runny, but just a little wet. If you wait until they don't look wet anymore. It's too dry. Too late. They're too dry. And even if they're perfect in the pan, by the time you, you stick a fork in and eat them, yeah. they'll, they'll, they continue to cook. So what Gordon Ramsay does is takes creme fraiche, which is basically like fatty or sour cream. You can, mm-hmm. you can probably find it at your, your supermarket if you can't just use some sour cream and adds it in right at the end. Right when the eggs are done. Oh, to cool it down. And that cools it down. Ah. And it takes down the temperature. Mm. It sucks some of the heat out. The heat goes into the creme fraiche and it just basically like... Makes it creamy. It stops things. It does. Oh. It adds a little bit of a creaminess and it adds a little bit of the depth of flavor. But, but it's, it's the really about it's, a, yeah. it's about oh. temperature. It's like a right. fixative. <laughs> yep. And then at that point, remember you haven't salted or peppered anything yet. At that point throw a little bit of salt and pepper in. If you're not going to use creme fraiche, I mean, if you like cheese in your scrambled eggs, like that's a good time to throw in the cheese. Mm. Just like throw in the cold thing that that takes the temperature down. Also, if you want your scrambled eggs to continue to be hot, don't put them on a cold plate. Right. Because the cold plate will just suck all the heat right out of it. And then you got a pile of cold scrambled eggs. So you might warm the plate up in the oven on low. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Now... I really wanted to advance this topic for for Good Job Brain. Okay. Yo, so I decided to see, this, are there any other chefs on YouTube, because that's, you know, the only place I could think to look, um, <laughs> who would show me other methods of making scrambled eggs? And yes, indeed. So Jamie Oliver. Oh. Um, another Brit. Indeed. Yeah. He did the British method of scrambled eggs, just like Gordon Ramsay. And then also he he did a video about French-style scrambled eggs. And the difference, the, the, the primary difference is they use the double boiler method. So they have a pot of boiling water on the stove. You put a glass bowl sitting on the pot of boiling water. Huh. And so then the eggs, now you cannot burn these eggs. The idea of burning, you can't burn them. Right. Because uh-huh. the temperature of the eggs is always going to be the temperature of the boiling water. Like yeah. it's not, it's not going to get any hotter than that. That's why you do a double boiler to, you know, melt chocolate and things like that. Mm. So you do the eggs in a double boiler. It takes a little huh. bit longer, but not yeah. that much longer. That's the French style. That's the French style. I've never, I've never that's seen that do. done. That, and then huh. again, at the that end, makes you can so much more it right sense. At the end. And again, you can just, you can, you can let it sit there. Not that you should let it sit there, but even if you accidentally do, like they're not going to burn. Ah. And you get that. I mean, you take them out of a double boiler scrambled eggs. I mean, they're just, they're so good. Like the flavor is so delicious. Um, there's so a little bit more cleanup because now you've just used um probably because of the probably because of the cleanup i'd probably just stick with using the non-stick saucepan oh importantly almost forgot to say this a silicone spatula oh yeah that when you're stirring the eggs that's what you're constantly scraping oh the pan it won't with. build up into a giant egg the comet film, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you don't yeah. want the film so you're using a silicone spatula to keep reincorporating that back in when you are done you just scrape out all the scrambled eggs and they just come right out of the pan you, you, you should oh. never have any egg burnt onto your pan ever and also I do have a the trivia question which is do you know which Beatles song was originally titled, given the working title of "Scrambled Eggs"? Oh, I feel like you. I Come feel. Oh, Karen does. Karen. I don't. I'm oh. just gonna guess. Go for oh. it. Because how many Beatles songs are there? I'm gonna there couldn't it. be more no, than yeah. a dozen. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. there can't, oh, yeah. can't be that many. Norwegian Wood. No, it is a, it, interesting. Yeah, it's a, it is a song that has a three syllable name, but I mean that might not narrow it down very much. Dana. Come together? It's not come together. Oh, okay. Three syllable name. Uh, I don't know. So anyway. the song is actually, you know, um, the song is actually yesterday. So the oh. song as Paul McCartney was composing it, the original lyrics were scrambled eggs. <laughs> oh, how I love your lovely legs. No. Not no. as much as I love scrambled eggs. Now, to be fair. Are it was you not, trolling he us? Was not, no, he was not going to actually 
write the song that yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. But as a songwriter, when you have a yeah. melody, oh, you just make up ridiculous <laughs> lyrics to it so you don't forget the melody. Uh, Got it. Right. That's a good That's one. Neat. But originally it was, yeah, very popular Beatles trivia. It was originally Scrambled Eggs. And then, wait. Oh, my baby, how I love your legs. <laughs> not as much but as not as much. Eggs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Colin brought another book to trivia again. Oh, is it from the Straight Dope? Uh, this is, yes. I have a, a little bit of uh, from one of these Straight Dope books by Cecil Adams. This is, uh, I have a question for you guys here that has been covered in Straight Dope Tells All. Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to greatly paraphrase this here. Uh, what end of the egg... Comes out of the chicken. Oh! Is it the flat, rounded end or the narrow, pointed end? I'm gonna have to go with the narrow, narrow, pointed end. Okay, Dana, what do you think? To really, uh, you know, I'll say the opposite. Ease that sphincter muscle. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. All right. Uh, this is this is a, a more fascinating answer than I could have imagined. Uh, again, <laughs> it's on the side. I'll be paraphrasing uh, Cecil's answer here. Um, so he uh, he's talking about his initial thinking, and then he talked to Cornell University professor Kavus Keshavaras, a uh, poultry czar, as he called him. Wow. Uh, now, according to Professor K, the egg initially moves through the oviduct small end first, okay, okay narrow mm-hmm. end. When it reaches the uterus, however, it hardens. Okay, so that's when the shell calcifies. It rotates 180 degrees and then travels the rest of the way big end first. So it comes out of the chicken flat big end first. And when you think Mm. about it like this, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Because when it comes out that way, it's easier to squeeze it out. You know, if you Uh, imagine like if you were going to squeeze like, you know, something through a rubber hose. You're squeezing on the narrow end to move it along. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep, yep. So it squirts, in his words, it squirts forward and out into the cold, cruel world. Aww. When yeah. you look at the poop emoticon emo- emoji, it has right. like the pointy end on top. That's true. Well, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, although it's coiled, right? But oh, you're right. It tapers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. Yep. That's soft, yep. though. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there we go. I had no, I mean, similar. I, I would have, I would have never guessed that it actually wow. makes the, the 180 degree turn. So I thought it was pretty that's, fascinating. That's kind of the fascinating. Yeah, part. yeah. It's like cool. a low. That's the end of my science. It's the end of my science contribution for today's show. Beginning and the end of the science portion of today's. No, I actually have. Oh, you have some a science? few science questions. Dropping some science. Like, like eggs so are very eggs. science. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> eggs are very science. <laughs> they are very science. <laughs> All right, I have a egg salad of a of a quiz for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> a, <mix. laughs> a little this and that. <laughs> And you guys have post-its and markers, and it's all going to be multiple choice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Write down. It's a write down multiple choice quiz. Uh, So since we're talking about eating eggs, I want to start with, on average, do Americans consume more eggs per year than 1950, the same, or fewer eggs? On average, do Americans now, compared to the 1950s. Oh, so per capita. Per person in America. Per person. Okay, yes, okay. per person in gotcha. America on gotcha. average okay. per year. More the same. Oh, that's that's weird. Are we more eggy? Because I feel like I'm eggy, low carbon. Eggy. All right. All right, everybody. Okay, Ooh. Karen and Chris say we eat more eggs. Colin says we eat fewer eggs. We eat fewer eggs. Really? Whoa. Yes. I thought that like the Atkins boom, the mm. protein like just you know in the last few years we have eaten more than the, the years before that. But mm. in 1950, people were eating about 374 eggs per year on average, Whoa. more than one a day. Wow. And now it's 251. So it's yeah. less than that. But I can kind of see that. Yeah. I can kind of see that now. That My reasoning was like maybe like the anti-cholesterol, you know, I, I beliefs of like right. the 70s think, and 80s, I think, I think really drove. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think that's Yep. Right. Yep. That's so yes. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because I grew up always thinking eggs are good for you. No, there was this cholesterol stuff. Yep. That yeah, their, their reputation has been rehabilitated a lot. <laughs> so looking at a chicken, how, <laughs> like you're, you have a chicken. Yeah. It has, oh, it's a chicken. Can, how can you usually tell oh. whether its eggs will be white or brown? Whoa! Multiple choice. Is it by its feather color, its earlobe color, or its toe color? Like, usually there's a correlation. They have earlobes? 
Yes. Well, maybe. Maybe that's the. Uh, maybe oh, Dana's aware of. I don't know. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So Colin says feathers, Karen says leg, Chris says earlobe. It is earlobe. Yes. I I didn't think that Dana would put that in there. No. Chickens do have earlobes. So chickens with... Where are they? They're on their ear, you know. Thanks. Where you think they are. They do have ears. And uh, chickens with white earlobes usually lay white eggs. Chickens with red earlobes oh usually lay brown. Oh, my God. They do browns. have earlobes. Oh, yes. I thought it was just brown eggs came from brown chickens, white eggs came from white no. chickens. Huh. No. <laughs> earlobes. Yeah. It's the thing next to their eyes. It looks like it looks like um like blush like cheek like okay. it's their cheek. Huh. Say so usually because there are some blue chickens with blue earlobes they lay blue eggs. No, but sometimes they also lay white eggs around. Oh, like so, okay. there's like some. Why fuzzy... can't I go buy blue eggs? They just don't mass produce those. Yeah, probably not. Chicken. Yeah. Karen, guess what? Chicken earlobe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the best-selling uh, children's book, Green Eggs and Ham. What mammals does the character refuse to eat with? And then, uh, and then, uh, agree eventually you to know, eat with. You know, to be honest, I've never read that book. Really? Mm-mm. You can, okay, so here's a hint for these. I'm going to give you three animals for each of the multiple okay. choice. And so here's, <laughs> oh, here's oh, okay, like a okay. little bit of a, a hint is think about rhymes. Rhyme. Like, right, sure. Mm. So is it a mouse, fox, and goat, a bear, pig, and dog, or a rat, cat, and tiger? Say that again. So A is mouse, fox, goat. B is bear, pig, dog. And C is rat, cat, tiger. I have my reasoning. All right. Since I never. Everyone says mouse, fox, and, <laughs> and goat. Chris was house, box, and boat. Yes, yes. those are the those are the rhymes for it. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that's the easiest to rhyme. Yeah. yeah. Also, it would be really weird to eat them with a pig, right? If it's green eggs and ham, that'd yeah, be really the, a little yeah. cruel. It's yeah. totally the, fine to eat them with yeah. a mouse, fox, and goat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you yeah, know, it's true. It's not like a little mouse steak. <laughs> <laughs> You have to eat so many of those too to get even yeah. right, a little right, right. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Um, the largest egg of any living bird is laid by is it an ostrich, an emu, or a California condor? Oh, largest. The largest egg from a bird. The largest egg is from a whale shark, but it's inside their bodies. And ah. It's not a bird. So that's why I just wanted to like be a specific. <laughs> Wait, condor, <laughs> ostrich, or emu? Yeah. Uh, Colin says ostrich. Karen says emu. Chris says emu. It's an ostrich. Ah, ostrich see, is was... the largest bird. Emu's the second largest bird. Oh. Um, ostrich eggs are about 3.6 pounds on average. Emu eggs are 1.5 pounds on average. Wow. Whew. And a condor is like 10 ounces. It's not like it's a very big bird. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. This is about the, the Easter egg roll at oh. the White House. Oh. Uh-huh. So my, my niece has been. Oh, really? My niece and nephew. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Oh, sorry. Before I, before I get into this, like we, have been consistently terrible at presidential trivia, at pub trivia yes. lately. Like, I know that we used to be better at it. I think we were a little better. I don't, I think I was maybe a little better, but I've forgotten everything I know about them. <laughs> we, we just bomb. We keep bombing. Yeah. It it's, keeps happening. It's embarrassing. Gotta memorize, gotta memorize so, the Animaniac song. Yeah. This is part of our getting better. I needed to include something about right. presidents All right. in this. All I right. like it. Rutherford B. Hayes was the first president to host the annual Easter egg roll at the White House. In 1878. As a side note, before that, it was happening, but it was on Congress lawn, oh. and the kids were ruining the lawn, and they passed a law saying Congress's lawn cannot be a child's playground anymore, <laughs> and then they moved it to the White House. So so Congress was literally the old men saying, get off my get lawn. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Yeah. They well, ruined they went the on the White House lawn. <laughs> yeah, and the president's like, it's cool. Um, I'm only here four years. So who was the president when black children were first allowed to attend the Easter egg roll? Whoa. Um, was that Franklin D. Roosevelt, Dwight D. Eisenhower, or John F. Kennedy? 
This was an interesting story. Huh. What are the choices? It's Roosevelt, Eisenhower, or Kennedy. FDR Roosevelt, right? Yeah. Okay, oh, sorry. Yes, yes. The second Roosevelt president. Huh. That's a good question. Man, these all seem plausible. Huh. All right. I was going to guess Johnson, but he wasn't on the... <laughs> Uh, so Collins Eisenhower, Karen's JFK, Chris's FDR. It was Eisenhower. Wow. So um, Mamie Eisenhower. Actually, so the Easter egg role kind of got postponed for 12 years in the 50 or in the 40s. Uh, there was a war happening, and you know. <laughs> uh, so in 1953, Mamie Eisenhower was the first lady, and they had the Easter egg role, and. Uh, she was like, oh, why are the black kids standing outside the gate watching the white kids play? Oh, this no. is weird. <laughs> and so yeah. the next year, she opened it up. She was like, hey, let's, let's open it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is well, awkward. This is bad I don't optics, like this. If yeah. anything else, right. standing outside the fence. Just watching. <laughs> so 1954 was the first year yeah. they oh, opened that's it. That's good. That's and it good. was Mamie Eisenhower who felt super awkward about it. Yes. So. Well, good for her. Yeah. Uh, uh, good for them eventually. We get huh. there eventually. Everybody. Egg rolls for everybody. So that was my um, weird egg salad. Mm. <laughs> like all egg salad. It was weird. <laughs> a little salty and yeah. weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> a little delicious. Chopped us up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Good job. I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I wanted to Something. fit in. Yeah. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, guys. What? Today's egg episode is the perfect vehicle for me to share more animal reproduction stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because that is, my, that is my, my interest. My passion lies in finding out how animals reproduce. I want to preface this with the fact that I've been so addicted to one show on TV. This show is on Animal Planet, and it's called Tanked. And huh. it's about the place... That does custom fish tanks for the whole country. <laughs> and it's, it's, um, they build custom crazy fish tanks for airports, for hotels, for celebrities. So the show mostly is about they meet a celebrity client and then they kind of listen to what they want and then they build this beautiful, uh, thing. That sounds and cool. It is really yeah. cool. And it's, it's pseudo reality. It's reality because they are building something, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, some of the 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 setup might seem stagey or cheesy. But somebody says, "I'm not here to make friends." Every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is one thing for certain. Watching so many episodes uh, of this show is that even though they're jokesters and their personalities, there's there is no question that these guys are experts. And I think that's probably one of my favorite reality show genres is when people are experts and they, you see their craft. Right. Um, and so they talk about the craftsmanship of building the science behind it, the weight, the water. Mm. But my favorite part is when they go fish shopping. They go to a lot of uh, tropical fish and rare fish dealers and they introduce so many different fish. And you learn a lot about different kind of fish uh, reproduction. Like there are a couple of fish that are mouth brooders where the fish have their eggs 
and they keep the eggs in the mom or the dad's mouth until <laughs> mouth they hatch. Brooders. Mouth, mouth brooders. brooders. Mouth brooders. So mouth. they're not breeding from their mouth. Got it. Because <laughs> the eggs are already yeah, laid. Right. Yeah. They're, right. They're storing them. <laughs> to be clear. And it's really huh. weird because that one fish cannot eat during the whole time. Wow. Until the, the, the fry, the, the hatchlings come oh. out. And so. Is that to protect them from predators or is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's all survival. It's right, all survival. Yeah. But. There is one fish. This uh, this was not in the tank show because I just went into a whole f- a fish hole of like <laughs> fell down fi- a fish hole, fish egg hole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I read. I, I just looked for interesting fish egg. So, do you guys know what the angler fish is? Yes. No. Angler fish. It's the one with the thing on the top with the light, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. It is one of the Colin. You know, you yeah, definitely. I, I guess I yeah. Like antenna, oh, and the little thing. The, okay, I didn't the, know that's what they were called. Right. Angler okay. fish are uh, monsters, basically. They look, <laughs> yeah. They look like monsters, mm. and they live in it the does. very depths mm. of the of the ocean or the sea, where it's completely dark. It's so far down. It is dark. The population of other animals is very, very sparse. It's cold. And you have this crazy fish that looks like a nightmare animal. (laughs) And it has, on top, there's a little lure. The lure has bacteria that's bioluminescent. And so it lights up. So it's like a little lantern. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And it attracts other fish or other creatures to be like, swim right up to it. Oh, what's that? What's that? That's cool. Oh, no. And (laughs) the angler fish can eat. The other creature whole, swallow it whole. Mm-hmm. It has an exploding jaw. It kind of oh. looks like it has an underbite. So yeah. really, like <laughs> you can open, really open, really open oh, it. Oh yeah. Who knows? When's the next time that this fish is gonna bump into food? Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of like feeding constantly mini meals, like it's just like I'll eat whatever I can get because mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so unpopulated under the ocean in such extreme conditions how do they reproduce hmm. how do they reproduce uh, when scientists start kind of uh, collecting them for research they notice something they're like man all of these angler fish that we we've captured are all chicks they're all females <laughs> oh, we have okay, not okay. bumped into a male angler fish oh by the way angler fish is not one species it is an order Hmm. So there are many, many different types of angler fish or that use that angler uh, bait, lure bait mechanic. And they all look I ugly. I got it. Oh, like I angler it is like, they have yeah. the lure. They're fishing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're fishing. They're fishing fish. Fishing fish. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but they didn't find males of any no, of them. No, they're They'd just like, that's really, they're like, that's really weird. They're all female. Where are all the males? How are they reproducing? <laughs> um, and, you know, like when you see an angler fish, they look kind of nightmares. They're, they're, they have like gelatinous skin and they're, they're bumpy and they have like sharp teeth the scientists were like yo what are these weird bumps no what are these what? weird bumps on the anglerfish that we've oh, captured no. so the anglerfish they're pretty small they're actually like 10 centimeters long wow. so that's like five inches yeah. uh-huh. that's the female the males are significantly smaller huh. how small millimeters what <gasps> millimeters some measure as small as 0.8 millimeters <laughs> what it is tiny and your female is five inches just like exponentially larger yeah <laughs> so how would they meet when it you with sounds this, profoundly well, unsatisfying yeah. <laughs> it sounds like inner space you know when they like shrunk somebody down and then just like sent them into the body right in order to right dance. Yeah. <laughs> kind of almost right so yeah. this is what happens because in the deep 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 ocean uh individuals are so sparsely populated finding a mate is very very hard the tiny little male they have either um, some species have really strong olfactory sense for smelling, and some have good eyes. The anglerfish male will seek out a female, and when it finds a female, it will open its little tiny tiny mouth uh-huh. and bite onto the female. The male will release enzymes that basically will break down and fuse the mouth of the male <laughs> to the body of the female okay. so that he becomes a part of her. <laughs> they eventually share 
the same circulatory system. No. Wow. Yes. This is like some Lovecraftian level horror. Yeah. So they become fused together and their blood vessels are one. Wow. And now the male fish is, he doesn't have to find a mate anymore. He found it. And (laughs) he is attached to her. This is an example of parasitic reproduction. Wow. And the female now doesn't have to bump into a male. He, she always has a uh, supply of sperm readily available to her if she decides Full to mate time. wherever, whenever, <laughs> and yeah. the male cannot survive without the female. Hmm. <laughs> a female can have six to eight males attached to her. Uh-huh. Wow. So she's just dragging along. That happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does the female anglerfish trigger when the actual, like, uh, fertilization happens? Or is yeah. it just, like, it is, whenever it, she's ready, she's like, okay. Whenever she's ready. Wow. She doesn't have hmm. to wait. For her, it's it's going to be energy. Like, is she going to have energy to output right. fertilize, you know, to, to yeah. have the eggs? That's crazy. Do they just have the eggs and then leave, or...? Do they take care of the eggs? They don't. They actually don't take care of them. It's maybe okay because if they had boys, then the boys would join her. Would too. just bite up. Yeah. <laughs> be an endless <sighs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is that crazy. Is that is one of the craziest reproduction stories. In, seriously, <laughs> it's nightmare fuel, but it's really interesting to to go do an image search on this, and you see. At first, like you're like, oh, that's a gross anglerfish, and then you notice the little fused, weird Aww. fish dangling wow. all over. All over. I, I I can believe that I haven't heard of this, but I can't believe that I've you haven't heard of this, Karen. <laughs> yes, yeah, this, this is so up your alley. Yeah. I know that's amazing. That is, um, yes. Also, fans of uh, web comic The Oatmeal might ah. might know this one, but I actually didn't see the strip before. I saw it afterwards while I was doing the research, and it's a it's a funnier take. It's a illustrative take on how the mating actually, <laughs> or not the mating, but the fusing actually <laughs> happened from the web comic The Oatmeal. A uh, last tidbit about the anglerfish. So it actually went through, uh, there's some controversy in the animal world to determine what is the smallest vertebrate. Ah. Okay. You know, this is back in 2012. They found a new species of frog. And you might have seen pictures. It's like on a coin and it's tiny. And it's about 0.3 inches. Was given the title, the smallest vertebrate. Mm Mm-hmm. However, all the anglerfish scientists are like, well, you know, the male, (laughs) that might be the smallest vertebrate species, but the smallest vertebrate Mm. animal is the male male anglerfish. And then, of course, people are like, well, that can't, it's a parasite. That that animal cannot survive without a host. So you can't really count it by itself. So there's all this like controversy and and debating. How do we measure the smallest? I guarantee you the frog and the anglerfish do not care. care. They don't care who wins this. They just just want to survive. I didn't get my smallest vertebrate check in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so cute. A tiny check. A little county fair first place. Ribbon. Right. That was some egg excruciating nightmare fuel. Good job. <laughs> Ding. Ding. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, yesterday afternoon, we were uh, spending a lovely day out in Carmel, uh, down by the coast. We saw some seals and sea lions and uh, knew I had to prep for the show. And on, on the way back, we're driving back. I'm like, oh, I want to do for eggs, you know, and, and my wife is like, oh, hey, you should talk about Fabergé eggs. Have you done that? I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Fabergé eggs, you know, like we all know it. No one knows anything about it. So I get home, crack open our Slack channel, and I see that Chris has uh, already reserved, hey, I'm going to talk about Fabergé, Fabergé eggs on the show. Eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually have a about Fabergé eggs. So 
We have talked on the show before about uh, loss aversion, uh, not mm. wanting to take a loss on something, buying something and then not wanting to sell it for less than you bought it for, or going to the casino and wanting to get back your, the money mm. that you that that kind of thing. So we all nobody wants to take a loss on anything. This happened um, in about year two thousand and four. This very thing happened to a scrap metal dealer somewhere in the American Midwest, and I say that because his name and location are anonymous. He exists. But he does not want the world to know who he is or where he lives. You will find out why very soon. But in 2004, he went to a flea market and he found sort of an objet d'art, a a golden egg. Um, it was, uh, it was made, definitely made out of gold. This guy was a scrap metal dealer. He knew what it was. It was made out of gold. It had three little sapphires on it and it had a diamond. And when you press the diamond, the egg opened up to reveal a gold watch. And so the, he ended up buying it at this flea market for $14,000. It was that Whoa. kind of flea market. The seller knew what they had. I mean, it's this, it's this piece of solid gold, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not going to let it go 50 cents. Um, but yeah, uh, he bought it intending to melt it down. He was like, okay, if I buy this for like 14000 I can get, he, you know, he's thinking he's going to get like fifteen to sixteen to 17000 back out of it, make a quick thousand bucks, end of story. But he might have overestimated the raw scrap metal value of the whole thing because he couldn't get anybody to to pay him more than he had spent on it. He basically he kind of messed up as far as like kind of kind of estimating mm-hmm. oh. the the scrap metal value of it. So he took this egg and he put it in his kitchen um, from about 2004 to 2012. It was in his kitchen. I mean, again, he knew it was worth money. He just did. He didn't want to sell it at a loss. He'd gotten into this thing, and he was mm. just like, mm, I'm going to wait until somebody's going to pay me for it. Year 2012, uh, he was like, all right, I, what am I going to do with this egg? What is this thing? He goes online, and he, he does a Google search for egg. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and also, Vacheron Constantin, which was the name engraved on the watch. That is a famous, I believe, Swiss maker of watches. Even okay. today, right? And had he searched for this two years earlier, he would have turned up nothing. Absolutely nothing. But in 2011, a couple of things had happened. People, collectors, had become aware of the of the possible existence of this particular artifact that he was holding. And now, because they had started looking for it, um, there was information about it online. Ah. Uh, and he had a Fabergé egg. So what is a Fabergé egg? F-A-B-E-R-G and then the E with the accent. Faberge. I just thought they're like egg ornaments. Yeah. yeah. Well, you hear about it all the time. It's like, oh, you know, the, the rich, rich millionaires, they, they, they don't have anything to spend their money on. They buy Fabergé eggs and you see a picture and it's like, oh, it's a, you know, it's just a golden egg and Ornate. it's got all the jewels all over it. And it seems sort of ridiculous thing you would buy if you had way too much money, which is totally true. Yeah. Um, you, you might not know the, the story of them. The House of Fabergé was a well-known jeweler in Imperial Russia, founded oh, in 1842. Russian. It's Russian. They put the little accent on the on their name, make it sound a little continental, a little yeah. Frenchy. Yeah. Eight, by 1885, they were you know they're very popular. I mean, this was the this was the jeweler that you went to if you had a whole bunch of money and you wanted to get ornate custom mm. things done for yourself. And Tsar Alexander III went to Fabergé in 1885 and said, "I want you to make." An Easter egg for my oh. wife for Easter. Okay. And so what Fabergé created for them was pretty astounding. It was a golden egg just the size of a chicken's egg. So just imagine a chicken's egg made out of gold. It was enameled to look white. <laughs> you twisted it open and opened it to find that the whole thing was made of gold. <laughs> um, and you pulled out of the, of the hollow golden egg a golden egg yolk. Uh-huh. You open the yolk. What? And inside, now it's getting pretty small now, right? <laughs> yeah. Inside the golden yolk was a tiny golden hen with ruby eyes. Aww. You open the hen. What? <laughs> and inside the hen, there's a tiny golden Egg. replica of the imperial crown. Oh. And hanging within the crown. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we're getting super tiny with here. With the town on the yeah, they're, they're, really, oh, yes. they're really good at nesting things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then hanging within the crown was a tiny pendant with a ruby. There was also included with it apparently a golden chain of normal size that the Empress Maria Can wear the could crown. wear. No, could yeah, could wear the the ruby or the pendant or the crown like around her neck if she okay. wanted to. Yeah. So it was. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. It's like a pop up book. So this is pretty. 
freaking it, impressive, right? to yeah. say the least. So much so that the, the Tsar Alexander III commissioned a new egg every year for Easter. Okay. They, they all contained surprises when they were mm-hmm. opened. And the part of the whole thing was what was the surprise. Tiny portraits. Uh, little miniatures, miniatures of uh, of of the palace, you That's know, cool. uh, music boxes, more jewels, you know, clockwork kind of things sometimes. And they, of course, they get just more and more creative and elaborate. Yeah, you got to raise the bar yeah. each. Yeah. All in all, Fabergé made about fifty eggs. There were there were there was one per year for the Tsar, and then there were a few others for other. Like private clients, such as like the Rothschild family, which was this, you know, one of the biggest, you know, most moneyed families. They had one made. Um, Alfred Nobel's nephew, Emmanuel Nobel, uh, oh. had one made, uh, for, for himself. Um, do you want to, you want to hazard a guess as to why maybe Fabergé stopped making, uh, these eggs? The Russian, Russian Revolution. Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause the, yeah, the Russian Revolution came in and deposed the ruling families and nationalized the Fabergé company and they yeah. all fled. They all got the heck out of Russia real fast. But the eggs, became over the years like the ultimate ultimate collectible you know if you again mm. if you had a jillion dollars yeah maybe you buy one of the fabergé eggs from from somebody else um malcolm forbes <laughs> head of the forbes publishing family bought nine of them wow, wow. how many are there in existence 50 ish oh my god that's yeah okay yeah that's like almost so 20 percent yeah he got into it yeah, yeah he got super into it bought nine I mean, even just to find somebody who will sell you one in the first place. Let alone nine. He ended up, he actually sold all of them for a hundred million dollars for the Hmm. nine eggs to Victor Veskelberg, who is a Russian collector, who is now, he actually owns 15 in total. Uh, He has a buttload of money. And he's put them all into a museum in St. Petersburg. So if you go to St. Petersburg, it's a privately owned museum. He still owns them, but you can go look at them in St. Petersburg. And yeah, and there have been, I mean, the, the Fabergé brand is still around. They actually, you can actually, you can buy like egg-shaped um, mm. pendants and uh, earrings and things like that. But it's not from the their pre-revolutionary. <laughs> right. It's like the, the Fabergé eggs is a, is a very specific list of a very, very, very few uh, things. So back to the one with the watch in it that was found in America. Is that really? The Midwest. Yeah. Oh, it was. So this is the reason they didn't know. So it was actually photographed. It was photographed in 1902 amongst the things of the, the Empress Maria. Mm. But it was sort of faded, you know, and it faded, but it was sort of zoomed out, you know, like low quality. And they had assumed that this one had been found because there was another egg that sort of looked like it. Okay. But that wasn't it. And they had realized in 2011, they, they found a catalog for an auction that took place in, uh, 1964. And they saw it in there with a big description of the watch by Vacheron Constantin. And it had been purchased by, apparently by somebody in America, some really rich American, but it wasn't listed as a Fabergé egg. It was just sort of like egg, golden egg, blah, 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 blah. And so. It hits the newspapers that year in 2011, the fact that, like, oh, they just realized this is out there. And that's the article that the scrap dealer turns up when he goes online to research it. Turns out it was the, it was the third imperial egg. It was the third one ever made. Yep. I mean, he sold it for an undisclosed sum of money to a collector. It's probably worth about $30 million. Now there's, there's, I think like seven of them out there that have not been found or they don't know the Mm. whereabouts of them. So, man, your your story, I was filled with dread when you were like, he's a scrap metal dealer and he couldn't sell it. And I was like, he melted it. Yeah, that's what I thought. He almost did. Yeah, and he found somebody to pay him that would have melted it down and nobody ever would have thought about it. We would have never known. I thought that's why you didn't say his name or where he was from because he's like and Too then I, oh, yeah, I died no, no it's like, because no. he lives in the Midwest and he's and now he have probably has about 30 million dollars he yeah. probably doesn't want anybody knowing <laughs> who, who he is or where uh. he's from or yeah can I just have a million dollars <laughs> two things <laughs> just get back on my feet A I didn't know they're Russian I thought they were French because of the name of course yeah. you know it's like Haagen-Dazs you're like oh it's European no, right. it's actually not um, number two I thought Fabergé eggs were real eggs that people oh. carved and did stuff to it. Oh. Like the original raw materials mm. egg and then they gilded it and stuff. Mm. Biden, uh, Biden knows nah. all gold and all gold. jewelry. Yeah. Got it. 
Because you see those eggs with the that carvings does, and the hollow. Sure. Yeah. 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 Do you think that's where the plastic eggs with toys in them come from? Like for Easter, you get the pla- you know. I, no, where I think you... the, these were based on. Those were based oh, on. The okay. East, yeah. Yeah. Easter I was like, maybe it's yeah. just like a Russian <laughs> nesting doll. Thing. This is the moneyed okay. version of yeah, those. This is the uh, money Kinder egg. Yep. I'm going to go home and check my attic. You should. I mean, yeah. You should it's, check one. You might have one up there. I can't say there isn't one there. <laughs> <laughs> well, after all these good job brain stories of appraisal and Chris's stories about, like, treasures in your attic, yeah. it always makes me wonder. I was like, ah. But then it makes me keep everything. I was like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't like no. stuff. You can't even count on like, oh, I researched everything, so I know it's fine because you never know. You know, in two years, mm-hmm. maybe there's an article yeah. about it. Right. Yeah. So you should hoard all of your things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The lesson is the right message no. here. What should I throw out this McDonald's wrapper? You should think it if? for its service and get limited. Actually, people. I think I talked about this. People do collect um the like the styrofoam McDonald's containers. Because it's nostalgic, yeah. Yeah. and we threw them all away, and, and they, don't, they don't make them anymore. Yep. No, read that Marie Kondo book. I think oh, yeah. it's food oh, yeah, service. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying people do like pay like I'm not saying do you a remember thousand. Remember the dollars. Transformer toys? They have them in Taiwan too. They're Happy yeah. Meal toys, and they're like little fries that oh, turn yeah. into a robot. Yeah, yeah. Those are cool. <laughs> Those are cool. <laughs> cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Those are cool. All right, Colin, time to lay one last egg. All right, I'm going to lay one last egg here. Uh, Try real hard. Yeah. <laughs> Close your eyes. Yeah, just come over and get the narrow end in the right place first. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have a uh, word puzzly quiz for you in the manner of our very own Chris Kohler. Uh, I'm inspired by some of the word puzzle quizzes he has done for us in the past. Every answer to this quiz will have the word egg, E-G-G, contained somewhere in the answer. Whoa. Okay. Uh, it'll be people, places, things. Well, actually, no okay. places. People so or things. Proper nouns possible. I'll tell you if there's a proper noun. I'll be very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, get your buzzers ready. This will be perhaps a little bit of a lightning round. So remember, all of these answers somewhere <laughs> within the middle, not at the beginning or the end, will be the letters E G G. Dana's cow buzzer is running. Oh, okay, let's let's, let's switch it with the horse. horse. Yeah. There you go. All right. Thank you. That's what. <laughs> so, for example, if I were to say another name for a panhandler, you would say beggar. Beggar. Oh, okay. Got it. All, uh, everyone got it? We all good here? I was like, egg scramble? <laughs> like pan handle <laughs> no, yeah, of yeah. a cooking pan. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here we go. <clears throat> a mid-tempo music style with the accent on the offbeat. Karen. Adagio. Oh, no. That is not what I was looking for. <laughs> Allegro. No. A mid-tempo mu- a music style. Ooh. It is uh, um, strongly associated with... Uh, a island nation. Oh. Oh. Dana. Reggae. 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 Oh. Yes. Oh. Reggae music. R-E-G-G-A-E. Someone who smuggles contraband goods. Someone who smuggles contraband goods. <laughs> Dana again. A bootlegger. Bootlegger. Oh, wow. Yes, Lega. exactly. Yeah. They're not quite jeans, and they're not quite tights. <laughs> Chris. Jeggings. Jeggings. (laughs) Yes, jeggings. The denim-appearing stretchy pants. I thought they were for women only, but I think there are jeggings for men now. Yes. I don't know whether to... uh, I'm going to rush right out after the show and get some jeggings. Slang for a college party with on-tap alcohol available. (laughs) Everyone. Kegger. A kegger, Yes. Released in 2007, this popular game was inspired by pachinko machines. Oh. Oh, Dina uh, should have it. She worked on it. Peggle. It is Peggle. <laughs> I was born in 1947 and lived in Sacramento, California for eight years in the early 2000s. Oh. Dana. Arnie Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. A slang term for a woman who is with child. Oh. Uh, Chris. Preggers. Preggers. I would also accept prego, but I was looking for preggers, yes. I'm a TV character known for my sassy attitude, love of bonbons, and bouffant (laughs) hairdo. Chris. Peggy Bundy. Peggy Bundy, yes, played by the inimitable Katie Seagal. A pickup strategy designed to undermine (laughs) women's confidence. 
everyone. Negging. Negging. Yes. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Do not do it. Yes, I should also say yes, of dubious efficacy here. I was born in 1946 and earned the nickname Mr. October in the 1970s. Hmm. Oh. I am a sportsman of some sports player. Mr. October. Um, Chris. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Yes, wow, correct. Great. The the baseball player, slugger. Yes. Uh, made his name for his strong performances in October during the World Series. Uh, for the he was a naked gun, right? Yes. Also had a candy bar named after him. Huh. What? What, what, what candy bar? It was just called the Reggie Bar. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was he was extremely popular, transcendent athlete in the seventies. Yeah. I must kill the queen. The queen. <laughs> I must kill the queen. <laughs> If Morrissey showed up at your backyard barbecue, yeah. he might have one of these to eat. <laughs> Two word answer. Karen. Veggie burger. Veggie burger. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Wow. Karen wow. all over it. Really predicating uh, on my knowledge of uh, Morrissey. Morrissey's eating habits. Yeah. A hard cheese, <laughs> typically produced in large wheels. <laughs> ah. Dana. It's two word answer. Okay. Okay. Good. Hyphenated. Mm-hmm. Parmesan Reggiano. You got it. Yeah. Parmigiano Reggiano. I got like I lost confidence, and then you said it was two words, and I was like, okay, I think I, I was bringing you along with me. Yeah, All right. And the last one in music, a technique where you play the notes of a chord independently instead of simultaneously. Chris, arpeggio. That is an arpeggio. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, good job, guys. Yes, oh, that was no Clark Gregg. No, there's only so many questions. We also, that's at the here. end. Yeah, I did promise the they'd be in the middle. Oh, they have yeah, to be in the middle. yeah. Okay. So no Simon Pegg. No oh, Simon Pegg. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, and that is our eggy episode. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about Chef Gordon Ramsay, the narrow end versus the wide end of the egg. What comes <laughs> mm. out of the the duct? Chicken <laughs> earlobes. Chicken earlobes. <laughs> Anglerfish. And more. And you can find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Calling all trivia nerds. Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.